What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Time for 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is Tuesday, and Tuesdays are my favorite day of the week. One, because we got the John and Wayne show all the time, but we supersized it. We brought on the man himself, Johnny Dell. Johnny, how are you, man? Oh, fantastic, man. I'm doing so much better this week. I'm not dizzy. I'm not loopy. Uh, when I get sick, I get a little loopy. So I didn't have any shows last week because, as my friends say, when I get sick, it sounds like I've had a few. And uh, and I didn't want to sound like John Chapman after we picked a kicker. So, yeah. <laughs> man, the amount of emails that I have received convincing me how great of a pick that was has been wonderful and i i just love everybody like that's awesome and with me as always on every tuesday the best there is wayne breezy how we doing wade i'm doing good i, I decided to let you be and and come back into fruition so i didn't bother you on draft on our day where we drafted i didn't hit you up the day after that i knew you would find a way yeah. to come back to john chapman but the oh. overreaction was beautiful like it, it was it was bar none that was a good time, bar none. I'll throw it up right now. Uh, me and uh, Brian Carter were on the show. This was the moment, right? This was the moment that the picture, the uh, pick was announced. It just, uh, yeah, it's it's awesome, man. I love it. So we've got so much today. Probably more than we can fit into one show, but that's awesome. Um, this is awesome. We are going to be covering Wayne's Michigan guys, which I'm so pumped. As soon as we drafted Moody, I was like, all right. Obviously, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I know Wayne wanted this pick and Ronnie Bell, of course. And then we've got Cameron Latu, another highly kind of controversial pick. Johnny was high on him. He knows more about film than anybody I've ever met. I'm excited about this. So let's start off on a positive note, Wayne, if you don't mind. Let's do Man, it. You got two Michigan guys. Were I you the be happiest guy ever? This is crazy because I kept telling you, I, I just felt like these were two players that read Kyle Shanahan and I didn't think we were going to let me let me keep it 100 because I had no idea we would draft a kicker in round three but I knew we were going to draft a kicker and I just assumed it would be in round seven but that's only in mock draft world right right and real in reality it's a little bit different because there's always one team one team that wants a kicker just as bad as you and they want the kicker that you want you just don't know who that team is and it's always got, Bill Belichick. It's always Bill Belichick. I think that's right. <laughs> he never fails. And I think for Kyle Shanahan, he kind of knew it. And it, it was funny because before they did the presser, I was live with the Nothing But Niner crew, and I was just like, yo, those third-round picks are essentially fourth-round picks, and this is kind of where you'll reach. And we've done it before. So let's not act like we haven't done it before. The first time we did it, it was my, my overreaction was like, what the 
what what that was mitch wishnowski <laughs> because i thought we you know this time was a little bit different because john and and johnny when you break down our team it's pretty stacked so it was just like when you picked the kicker there that was the one area where do you want Shane Gonzalez here kicking or I mean Zane Gonzalez here kicking or do you want to bring in the best kicker in college football? And so when you get Jake Moody, uh, uh, or if you want to get if you get Ronnie Bell, let's start with Ronnie Bell. You get Ronnie Bell uh, toward the end of this draft, you get a you get a a prize pick steal. Now Johnny Dell and I got a chance to watch this kid uh, at at the Senior Bowl. And the one thing that, you know, I, I believe we both noticed was the fact that his ability to get open, like he consistently got open. The issue was the quarterbacks sucked. And so, like, he never was seen or getting the ball thrown to him. And then when he did, it was a bad pass. And it was just like, dang, he's not going to – his stock's not going to rise from the senior bowl because, like, he's not getting thrown the ball. But little did we know the scouts were there. And then they brought him in on three occasions – and and I would say this usually when you go to your third job interview, you have to be a stupid Mickey Ficky to mess up the job. Like you got to do something real dumb to blow the chance of getting a job. And I felt like he was there; he was still available. A lot of people didn't have him on their board, and they selected Ronnie Bell. And what you guys are going to get is what you see. He is not the fastest wide receiver, but he's one of the quickest wide receivers and in Kyle Shanahan's offense it's not about speed hence Danny Gray who can't seem to get on the field it's not a shot to him that's just his one trick pony we're hoping he you know progresses this offseason but when you get Ronnie Bell he's got to get open his footwork is phenomenal and that's the one reason why I kept saying he has to be a 49er this is a guy you don't have to teach to get open you can line him up outside but when you put him in the slot he's putting people on skates and that is why he's a 49er you know, it, it's fun. You, you talk about, like, his burst, the one five two ten 10-yard split. That's that's pretty epic. Johnny, what were your thoughts? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think he's going to be a really good Z or slot receiver in this system and, and somebody that can find holes in zones that uh, he's also willing to block. I mean, when, you, when you're with Michigan, you got to block. And we know with – the 49ers uh, receivers, you don't block, you don't get the rock. And so, you know, what you see with him isn't just his ability of what he can do with the ball in his hands. I think there's also what he can do with the ball out of his hands and what that does as far as the team culture. And and I think overall, a lot of this draft, you saw um, that they're looking for guys who fit the team culture, uh, that they've gone different directions before, but what they've really identified is that we want guys who fit our style and what we do and what we want to do and don't shy away from that. And that's where I really liked the bell pick is that I, you know, um, do I see him supplanting a, a Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel? Absolutely not. But I think he can be a very productive guy and do everything that they want him to do. I think he can contribute on special teams. You know, that that burst is going to be really big as a returner. Uh, it's something that we don't value that much. But, you know, that's that's an area that you really uh, you don't realize how much you need a good returner until you realize how much you need a good returner. Um, and so, you know, I think that's an area that he can come in and make an immediate impact. So here's my question. I, I was talking with Vish last night, and one of the things I'm probably most excited about with training camp and stuff, which I'm excited I want to be there this year, 
where is he going to line up? I know they always say he's learning all three wide receiver BS. I don't buy that. Is he going to be behind Debo or is he going to be behind Juwan Jennings? So Wayne is your guy. Where is Ronnie Bell's spot this year? Not necessarily long-term. If you had to pick one spot for him at the wide receiver position, is he a Debo guy or is he going to be a Juwan Jennings slot guy? He's definitely going to start off as that Juwan Jennings slot okay. guy. All right. And so, and it's cool because you want to create this, you want to bring him in and utilize him where he's strong. And I'm not saying he's not strong on the outside, but you're already strong on the outside. But the thing with Kyle Shanahan, and I don't mean to throw a curveball at you, is he likes, he likes to have receivers that can line up in multiple packages at different times and so if they throw a ronnie bell out there and you don't see him in the slot you better watch out because then he'll sneakily and i think i made up that word beat you at over the top you know he'll beat you over the top he'll run a stutter and go and next thing you know you thought he didn't have the speed and he's past you and the quarterback just has to get the ball down the field so deceptively he can pretty much do just about anything but i think that three spot you know you got you got three guys there he can also run the ball like i don't know if you guys noticed but he can run the ball out of the backfield (laughs) you know that's why you mentioned about him starting you know being behind debo so he's not built like debo he doesn't have i don't think he has the same girth or strength as a debo Uh, he has better footwork than debo though and again he can get open and uh johnny dell talked about when the intangible so 67 uh, blocking grade from PFF. Like, that's one of the highest blocking grades. I think that's higher than Brandon Ayuk's blocking grade. It's high. It's very high. It's very high. Now, let, it, somebody asked, you know, what does he compare to? I saw it at Doug Baldwin. Let me throw out some athletic comps. This is off of Mock Draftable, not things I made up, you know, based off of how he did at the combine height and weight. Um, some of the guys, Mark Clayton from OU, Antonio Bryant, Freddie Mitchell, um, and Bo Melton. My play style comp, and again, I, I, Johnny, I'm curious, either one of you guys that want to jump in and say you agree or disagree, was Jarvis Landry. He was a guy that just a tough junkyard dog, speed doesn't jump off on tape. I think he tested faster than I thought he was. I was expecting a 4-6, um, but that's not how he wins. He's tough. He kind of does everything. He's not really the biggest deep threat, even though there is some of that. I feel like he did most of his work within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. Just just a scrub basketball player that just gets it done. Um, what, what are y'all's thoughts just on play style comp? Some guys he reminds you of. I, I love the Jarvis Landry comparison. You know, that that <clears throat> a guy that, uh, you know, isn't going to burst you out off the field with top end speed or anything, but just is a, is a good football player. I mean, and, and again, I, how many times have we heard the 49ers say this over the last you know, number of months? We want football players. We want guys to be a football player. And when you look at Ronnie Bell, you see a football player. You know, he is, is there one thing that he just excels at? No, but he's, he'll do anything. He does everything. He he's a gritty player and he loves to, you can tell he loves to fight. Like, you know, you said with the, the run blocking grade that, that fits what the 49ers do. It fits their culture. And uh, you know, we're not a pass first team. And so receivers have to be an extension of the run game, whether that be toting the rock or blocking for the rock. And um, you know, so I, he can do both of those. And, uh, and I, I like it. I, I think he's, you see him on that field. He's scrapping his, I, I love how he's come back from injury um, to he's, fight yeah. through that, you know, and, and, and come through. And so I think it's a pick that is going to be one that I, I think is overlooked by a lot of us. 
Yeah, I like it. So let's conclude our Ronnie Bell talk with this, Wayne. Finish your 53-man depth chart at running back. Who is going to be the number five or six wide receiver? Does Ronnie Bell pass Danny Gray, or does Danny Gray stay ahead of Ronnie Bell, in your opinion, if you had to make a prediction now? I think I think because of Bell's skill set, I think he surpasses Danny Gray. I, I think it's because the way Kyle can utilize him a little bit more. We did see Danny Gray, you know, be utilized a little bit differently toward the end of the season. He started getting in on special teams and, and things like that. He was amazing as a punt yeah. gunner. But, but 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 still at the wide receiver spot, you know, when you have to ask, add a, diff, a, a sixth wide receiver, if you're going to add six, which I think they'll go six this year, it's going to be interesting. Danny Gray still will make it, but I think he'll be six, and I think Bell will be five. That's crazy, right? Like, I, like it's it's crazy to think that that a seventh round pick can walk on. I don't think he should have got drafted in the seventh round, but the 49ers, I think, got their wide receiver. Like, I, that, I the one thing I'm noticing about this draft, they didn't care about what we were caring about when you know doing the pre mock drafts and all that stuff. They went after their specific type of players in this draft. Football season may be over. But the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. They have the weirdest board probably in the NFL. Like it, <laughs> like if we saw their board, we would all be like, what? what? Heck? That's what I'm saying. But, That's why the overreactions were so real by, by yes. all of us, right? <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's a pro and con thing because they don't go with groupthink. And that's why they're able to get so many of these draft round steals or, you know, these gems in the later rounds. But at the same time, if we look at the top of the drafts, it struggled a little bit. So let's transition. Johnny, on the live show, okay, I, I asked Johnny to be on the live show. He wasn't feeling it. He had other stuff going on. Hope everything's well. He said before the pick, when we brought up tight end, he liked Cameron Law too. And I have been waiting patiently for five days, my friend. <laughs> I, this I, moment, I'm going to go on mute, and uh, I, I, here we go. And again, okay. I'm not a Cameron Law 2 guy, so educate me and everybody else, please, sir. All right, all right. All right. So that night, I, I really wanted to be on the show. Uh, my, I, Two of my kids, they were born, um, their birthdays are four days apart. 
And so we were doing a a double birthday party on the Saturday of the draft. Okay. So my wife was off uh, decorating the venue for the birthday party. And I was, I was there with all three kids. So I had John Chapman with the show going on on one side and I'm watching the draft with the other and trying to, you know, keep the kids. I'm like, come on, I'm trying to, the 49ers are about to pick. It's, it's been two days. And so, you know, that, that, that was going on as far as it comes to Cameron lot too. So full disclosure I'm from Alabama, there may oh. be, there may be some Alabama bias, but but if we go back to the senior bowl, I remember I was sitting there with Wayne and we were talking about how nice Payne Durham looked uh, out there as a tight end. And and he goes and he, he, he turned to me, and said, bro, do you think we're going to draft? You think we could draft Payne Durham? And I, I turned him and I said, I think Cameron Latu is a better fit. And he, he went, absolutely really? said that he absolutely said at the that. senior bowl at, at the, the senior bowl. bowl. Okay, now we're gonna have some story time with John. <laughs> so, actually, no, I'm not gonna go. Um, I was I was gonna bring up some history about some things, but you know, I don't want to bore everybody with with history. But what I think the Cameron Law two picks really speaks of is that you know, if you look at a lot of the things, the athleticism doesn't jump off the charts to you. The inline tight end stuff doesn't jump off the charts for me. What does tend to jump off the charts when you've watched the 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 games and everything is that the guy is a fighter that he, he believes he can do everything on that field. And so he, he believes he can be a, a blocker. He, he has the mentality for it. Now he has, he struggled with some blocking technique at times. And John, I know uh, you probably covered that on your Patreon. I know you've looked over at him, uh, doesn't block real well that he's probably more of a move tight end. But what you see is that he really, really wants to block well. <laughs> I know we're not giving giving eager, points for a little too eager. And and I, I think that speaks to the mentality of what the 49ers want from their tight ends. Okay. They've brought in guys that would be the prototypical blocking tight ends, and they have not worked out really well, either as receivers or as blockers. Okay. Uh, I think we can all go back to the Atlanta game and remember stone hands over the middle uh, from a tight end. Uh, I think we can go back to the NFC Championship game and look at um, there wasn't exactly a lot of eagerness to block a defensive end and what that ended up causing. We have to remember that Cameron Latu was one of only a few college tight ends invited to George Kittle's tight end university. I guarantee you that there's something there about how much he wants to block like George Kittle. George Kittle, when he was drafted, remember, he was not a really highly touted pick. He wasn't a guy. He did his the athleticism as far as blocking did not jump off the charts. He didn't wasn't overly strong, was overly large framed, but he's taken on the mentality of what it takes. And he loves to put someone's soul through the ground. And that's what you see with Cameron Latu is that he wants to do that. He's got to learn how to do that. Now he was a converted defensive end. So there's a lot of learning that he has to have. What I like about Cameron Latu is that I think he's got wiggle to beat the, the one-on-ones in, in a slot position sort of thing. We saw that at the senior bowl, he was tough to cover by his, his frame and just the little wiggle and footwork he had at the senior bowl in the one-on-one drills. The defensive backs were having a really hard time covering him one-on-one. And so I like that that you can now put a guy that I don't compare him necessarily to a second inline tight end. I'm thinking more in that Juwan Jennings role. Uh, 
Can Cameron Law to take over that? Can you now start putting when you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Cameron Law to on the field, and you're spreading these guys around, putting them in different positions, that now we're starting to see even more of that positionless football. What I liked about Cameron Law to is that I felt like he could he can win against man coverage. He can find holes in zone. He's a big red zone target. He's got the eagerness to block. He's got to get refined, though. Um, the athleticism is off the charts. He doesn't break a lot of tackles, but he has the mentality of a 49er, which is you catch the ball, you turn up field and you get positive yards because Kyle Shanahan, the one thing he doesn't want you to do is catch that ball and dance around. He wants you to catch the ball when it, at the in time, when they want you to get it in the spot, they want you to get it and get up field because they're going to take care of everything else. And, and you so, know, with, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, keep no, going. No, You're cooking. no. You're so, cooking. Keep going. so, so this is, this is why I'm a believer in Cameron law too. Um, yes, there's some other tight ends that maybe might've been a better receiver tight end or better blocking tight end. I think as far as a culture pick for what the 49ers want, this guy makes sense. It's interesting because the things that stood out to me, uh, I'm through three games of tape on him currently. One, he's got hands. I know he has three drops, and one of them was a touchdown against Tennessee, but whatever. Like, he is a natural pass catcher that extends his arms away and plucks the ball consistently. Uh, there, there we go. Snuck into Shady's room. <laughs> Hugo says Johnny Dell stuck into Shady's draft room with the Latu pick and then dipped. I love it. Hey, we need to get we need to get him in there more often. But you're right. I love the mentality. Ishmael said, you know. He wants to do all the things, and Lynch even cited that in the press conference saying, like, look, this guy is somebody that we believe in, character, personality, IQ, all those things he's got. The drop step showed on film as well. Wayne, when they picked Law 2, I know he wasn't no. your tight like, at, 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 at the, at, with, with that pick, nobody <laughs> was going to grab him with that. In mind, only the 49ers would say, oh, this guy wants to do this. Let's go ahead and snatch him up early <laughs> and we'll pass up on all these other studs that we need or can use. I, I just feel like Latu would have been there round five, round six, even possibly round seven. And and so for me, it was just like, I, I look, I'm, I'm going to fall in love with the pick at some point. I'm just scratching my head. Well, I'm going to fall in love with the player. I'm just scratching my head at why did they choose? If they were going to go tight end, why would you leave many of the other tight ends off the board? Like, I would have took a risk on Darnell Washington's back over Cameron Latou. I'm sorry. I just would have. You're going to get production. You're going to get blocked. You're going to get all that if he's healthy. That's just me. Like, I, I, I watched some Cameron Latou and – the only thing that I love about him is he can score in the red zone. Like, that that's what he does. And you can come down there in any type of uh, personnel, whether it's 12, whether it's 11, whether it's 13. I would love to see 13 personnel down there in the red zone at some point. But you could do that, and you just won't know which tight end is going to get it. And I guarantee you, it won't be any of the tight ends. It'll probably be the one wide receiver that's on the field at the time, right? That's the deception that Kyle Shanahan is, is trying to create. So I'm going, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to accept everything. I just didn't understand that. I understood Jake Moody more than I understood Cameron Latou. Well, Ooh. so, so let me challenge you with this. Okay. So again, if we look at this draft, you see a lot of roles. Okay. Guys were drafted for roles. 
Kendrick Bourne, when he was here, was that role of the red zone receiver. We saw that, right? He was just, it was like all of a sudden he was catching everything in the red zone and touchdown passes every time he'd the have the field. He, he left. Yeah, that was, that was the only thing he did. He didn't do a lot of other things really well. He leaves, Juwan Jennings comes in, and he slides into that role. Now, Juwan Jennings is gone after this year, right? Correct. So, I mean, he's not going to be back. So, if we're talking about the 49ers red shirt guys, if you're looking at who's going to be that big-bodied, long wingspan red zone threat i mean that's where latu lived okay he he had what eight red zone touchdowns Correct. so you know if you're looking at red shirt guy again i i know it's hard when we look at the team we want to say okay this is what's going to put us over the over the hump this season i didn't see anything with that with this draft i saw everything looking forward to 2024 of red shirt guys and i see latu as taking on that jennings kendrick Bourne red zone role but now you get a guy who i think can be a better blocker than jennings or kendrick Bourne. and so what is that what does that allow you to do that one Kendrick well, Bourne was a terrible Kendrick, blocker. Yeah, was Kendrick Bourne was a bad like Jen, Jennings is a dog, but remember, he's. if you look at the potential, if you were to line up Juwan Jennings and Cameron Latu and say, who could be the better blocker? Cameron Latu's a much bigger frame guy. I 30 think pounds he, more. Okay, he's got more weight. I, I think you start seeing that gives you more options there okay. than you do. Okay, so, ah, uh, ah, uh, you feeling better about it, Wayne? Well, well, I, well I don't disagree. <laughs> Listen, my, my point is I, I could have got that later. I could have, it would have been there. And then if it wasn't, you get another red zone guy. I'm sure there were plenty of them later in the draft. I just didn't understand why you went with that tight end. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I didn't understand it then. Like it didn't, it still doesn't make sense. I but, with, like, but with the team that doesn't have many holes, why would you wait around to later? They could have got a better, if they could have saying... got a, they could have got a different type of speed rusher. They could have got a different, they, there were just so many other available options at pick 101 that's all i'm saying it's not it, listen i don't disagree with anything all i'm saying is i felt like at 101 there were just different options like i said i understood the kicker because we needed a kicker i don't know if we needed a red zone target maybe some one of these other guys would be a red zone target but like you said your theory and you feel like the niners theory is the year the red shirt and so even though john lynch said that ain't it I, we know that's it. He be yeah. lying. Yeah, like, John Lynch, a politician, man. Yeah, yeah. like so yeah. we knew that was it. So now, I like with your theory in there, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Now the question is, can he go out there and prove it against grown ass men? And I think that's 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 what we want to find out. The moment he catches his first one, it's going to be the best one hundred and one pick <laughs> we've ever drafted in our entire lives. Guarantee it. You'll hear me say it first. I love it, man. Wade's hilarious. Now let me try to. I'm going to try to synthesize y'all's thoughts here. Okay, so let's see how we how I do here. To back up Wayne, I had Cameron Law to 192 on my board. We took him 101, 192. Now let me ask you this: Do you guys know, without looking, how many touchdowns did Juwan Jennings have last year? Just last year. Anybody want to guess? Four. One. Really. He only one caught touchdown. that one. Yeah. That's it. That's well, that's it. because every time we got into the daggone red zone, there was a penalty which brought us back out of the uh, the goal line. And next thing you know, we kicking field goals. Yeah, we did. We And now we're back to Jake Moody, man. That dude just going to crush it. <laughs> so there we go. We, we wrapped up the full thing. We are golden, baby. Uh, <laughs> now, okay. So let, let's transition now. Let's go back to Wayne. 
we, we've talked about some of these players. I want to go to some of the undrafted free agents because, Wayne, you have been crushing it. And if you are not following Wayne on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever else, just type in Wayne Breezy. He's going to pull up. You're going to see the big smile. He's putting out film clips, all this stuff. I haven't done undrafted free agents yet. I am not in the emotional state yet to attack, uh, tackle that uh, that accomplishment. So having said that, Wayne, who are some of these undrafted free agent guys that you're kind of liking early on? They've already signed 11. Yeah, they signed 11. I think we're at 87 on the roster too, by the way. And we haven't signed a quarterback. Ooh. Or Uncle have Rico. we? Wait, wait, wait. So coming in. So, 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 so I've, I've been going through the undrafted guys. Uh, I've been communicating with a few of them. Um, now, now, one of my favorites, you know, I'm a running back. So, like, my, like that's my nature. And so I kind of gear toward them first because that's my strength. That's kind of like what I look into. There's a running back that went undrafted uh, from Marshall. And the only reason why I think he went undrafted is because he went to Marshall. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, he. We like, are Marshall. <laughs> right? And so that was a good movie. And so I'm saying to myself, how did Kalon LeBourne go undrafted? He finished 10th amongst rushing yards in the whole NCAA. 10th, 1,513 yards. PFF had him at 1,535 yards. Why do I know these numbers? Because I think I wrote about him and I kind of just memorized this stuff. But no, seriously. Like, he he can rush. The, and the thing that I love about him the most, which scares me, is the fact that he can break tackles and his yards after the contact. Now, he had a couple of fumbles throughout his career. Uh, he only played three years of college, two years at Florida State. He transferred to Marshall. Okay, that's where he really blew up. Like, his final year at Marshall is when he really took off. I'm not sure who he was behind at Florida State, but at Marshall is where he was most productive. I mean, you can say, what is that, the Sunbelt Conference? I'm not sure what conference they're in, but you can say the talent is a little bit less. But I, I don't care. The productivity was crazy. It was through the roof. And so I'm like, yo, how did this kid go undrafted? Luckily, Bobby Turner, seen him on the radar. And it's like, yo, Kyle, you got to go sign that guy. Now, we signed, what, two, three running backs? Two running backs two running and backs. a jack-of-all-trades fullback, Jack Which is and, and his name is Jack. And so that's the second player I wanted to get to. So pay attention to Kalon LeBorn, Jack Coletto, right? And so he went to Oregon State. And I'm sitting here watching some of his uh, film. Go Beavers. Saying, go Beavers. <laughs> and I'm saying my, my wife would kill you for that because she's a duck. And um, I'm oh. saying, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm Johnny's saying, just struggling this one. It, right? This is just not a, Alabama. Well, he, and... he got he got Latou. So he, he he sold us on Latou. Well, he sold me. I don't know if he sold John. John still yeah. looks. <laughs> so I'm looking at Jack Coletto, right? And I'm saying to myself, why? Like, I get why players go undrafted. There's just so many, and there's not that many draft picks, right? But dang, this kid can do some things. He's a fullback. He lines up at, at the at the quarterback spot in a wildcat formation, and then he's throwing the ball down the field for sixty yards. I mean, like this kid has some really good upside to him. The 49ers. and so that's why I said, could the 49ers have a different type or style of quarterback? Maybe they don't sign a quarterback, and they have their Taysom Hill kind of ish. Uh, Tim Tebow type. He's way better than Tim Tebow. <clears throat> um, type of a quarterback, fullback, linebacker, whatever it is you need to utilize him. Uh, you know, as far as those guys. And then there's the kid from North Dakota State, Spencer Wage. 
Spencer Wage. Oh, look at this. Daryl agrees with you. Appreciate the super chat, man. He says, yes, Breezy. I was mentioning that kid to JC. He did. He 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 100% did. I haven't watched him yet. I've seen some highlights, but I haven't dove into the tape yet. But we will. Uh, I'll, I'll be diving in. We will have film breakdowns on all of the undrafted free agents once we uh, get through all of the draft picks. But sorry, let's go Spencer Wage. Superman is Superman, nickname, correct? And, and, and that's what you call him because he was an outside edge rusher. He's 282 pounds, and this dude is getting to the quarterback. There's no way he's going to play edge in the NFL. So you could slide him into the inside, and this is, you know, I, I wanted Dante Steeles. I wanted all these guys. Maybe they get a tweener, a guy that could come up here, at least make the practice squad and work his way onto the roster. He's got to go through some depth uh, to get there to some really good talent. And last but not least, this guy has to make the roster. His name is Joey Fisher. Oh, okay. That's now, the fan favorite. He's Joey Fisher from Spencer, uh, Shepard, excuse me. And so I'm saying to myself, I don't know how he went undrafted. I don't even know where Shepard is, and that's probably how no one knew the school. But the 49ers did go down there. They did go work out. Uh, I, be I believe it was Tyson Badgett a quarterback, and I think that's when they fell in love with Joey Fisher. And uh, they, they were able to sign him as an undrafted guy. I just don't see how he doesn't find a way to make his way onto this roster, John. it's good. Listen, the rookie minicamp is going to be official. I, th I don't know if it's May 6th or if it starts May 11th, but, I, uh, you know, that second week in May. But either way, it's going to be official. Watch out for those four names, guys. And, and there's plenty of other ones. There's seven others. Yeah, there's a lot. Shepard is in West Virginia, just outside of D.C. Uh, just throwing Virginia. that up there. There we go. Shache, thank you so much for the super chat. He says, can't resist, must interrupt, like, subscribe, Patreon. Thank you so much, Shache. And if you have it already, go check out Johnny Dale's Football Academy. Trust me, here's my best thing, and I, I said this before. This is the film that the podcasters watch to learn about football. It's Johnny. He is the the He teaches us all, man. Um, he he's our OB. It's school one, for so real. It's real. It it's like really, really is. If school. you want to learn more about full, just type in Johnny Dales, J O N N Y D E L. Man, that was hard for me. Dyslexic spelling. I don't even know why I started that process. My name's John. And I was struggling. <laughs> um, all right. So now let's turn to Johnny. Uh, that was perfect, Wayne. I I did not know any of those things. Now I know those things, and so thank you. <laughs> let's talk about red shirts because the Niners keep doing this whole red shirt philosophy. Which one of these picks kind of stand out to you, Johnny, as maybe somebody that's not going to be an immediate contributor, but kind of like an Aaron Banks, gets that year, then steps into one of those key roles? Who stood out to you? Uh, to me, D. Winters. If you look at what the 49ers have done at the linebacker position, they, they have a type. All right. You know, kind of like uh, uh, Wayne Breezy has a type for women. Uh, I'm just kidding. Just I'm not going to get you in trouble. Oh, my goodness. I was just about he, that, those eyes. I just want to see awesome. that. Um, but the 49ers <laughs> have a type for linebacker, and that's going to be this slightly undersized speed guys at linebacker. They love speed at linebacker. And when you look at D Winters, he fits the type of 49ers linebacker to a T. Uh, he, he's smart. <clears throat> he diagnoses well now he's not going to be the take on blocker kind of guy which you know that if there's one thing that does tend to to bug me just from you know classically what you're taught and john you know about this what you're taught as linebackers always to take on those those blockers uh when they're coming up to the second level to do that you know our guys slip slip blocks a lot okay they're they're sliding underneath blockers and going around guys a lot uh but that's what apparently we really like and, and what they want with Chris Kasurik, which is a disruption of the uh of the offensive 
run game. And he's that kind of player. He's got the speed. When you look at height, weight, he's very, very, very similar to Drake Greenlaw. Drake Greenlaw is six foot two twenty nine. That's what he's listed at. Uh, D Winters is 5'11", 227. So, I mean, physically, these guys are very, very similar. The pro- uh, to me, when I see them run, I know their measurables are a little bit different, but they look like they're they run about the same. Uh, their their change of direction is the same. I think you know Drake Greenlaw signed a two year extension this last year. I don't think he's here past that extension. I just really? don't. Um, I don't think after the investment that the 49ers have put into Fred Warner, what they're going to be giving Nick Bosa, what is going to be coming down the pipeline with Hafunga, uh, what they gave Charverius Ward, I don't think that they will be able to give Dre Greenlaw what Dre Greenlaw will probably attract. It's when you start looking at what was done. Now, Dre Greenlaw's biggest problem, I think why they got him at a discount, was injury history, that he's missed a number of games, especially in 2021. He missed a bunch of games in 2021. So um, I think... Dre Greenlaw is probably going to be gone. And I think D winters is that guy that's coming in to be that spot. And he's taking over what, you know, as that maybe third or fourth linebacker role. I know we have Flanagan fouls there. I'm, I'm not really high on Flanagan fouls. I, I just didn't, I, what I saw of him play was not real big on him. I think, uh, Burke is going to be more of that third linebacker. And I think it's going to come down to him in winter, uh, for, um, the Aziz Alshire spot, you know, we saw Aziz Alshire go and I think Dre Greenlaw will be the next one to go. And D winter to me is that guy. And so I think that speaks to everything that you, you saw from this draft, which is, I think Cameron Latu is a red shirt guy. Um, I think, uh, I think that Beal is a red shirt guy for our next Before we package. move off of winters real quick. Um, yeah, I want to get Wayne's take on this as well. Here's the contract for Dre Greenlaw. He's signed through 2024, but the 49ers have a potential out this year that they literally at the end of this year, they could walk away zero cap hit if they choose to do so. He has a $9.6 million cap hit in 2024. Wayne, in your opinion, do you think D Winters was brought in as, you know, sit for this year, then maybe next year or a two-year sit, then move in? What, what are your thoughts there just on rotating these players through yeah i i don't think it depends i i don't think that's it i think it just depends on how quickly he grasps the concepts of this defense the style of defense that he's going to be asked it's to different. play it's going to be a little bit different but it might actually fit him i mean this is a steve wilkes uh type of a guy uh and so i don't think it's going to matter you know i i think he's brought in to replace greenlaw if the team chooses to move on but i think they find a different role for him while he's here and like johnny says he's gonna be an impact player i believe in 2023 so he might not be the starter but he'll be an impact player um and so when it comes to d winters man what you're getting with him is just really good play recognition uh, he can line up. He can get you t- from the line of scrimmage. He can blitz the quarterback like this. He has the speed and the capabilities of doing those types of things. So if you utilize him in specific skill sets, his specific skill sets and specific strategies, he could be utilized perfectly and he'll be a home run hitter for the 49ers. And so I think that's why he was brought in. And as he grasps the concept and he learns under Dre Greenlaw and he learns under Fred Warner and he learns under our, 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 our Brian Flurry, our tight uh is he our tight ends coach, Johnny Holland? Whichever one is the linebacker's Holland. coach. Holland, I'm sorry. As he learns under Johnny Holland, 
he'll get more equipped on on roles and his role of you know it'll go up and stuff like that and so uh, i think the kid is going to be a problem and i'm glad that they signed him I, again this is one of those things where i say the 49ers drafted three players from one game yeah they did they did i i got in your mentions i don't know did you see my comment no i kind of the- after i typed it i just fell asleep i don't want to know what your comment was it wasn't nice i it didn't was think full it was of love, but it wasn't nice john's been uh, john's been a bit I'm bitter talking, on twitter I'm uh, taking it out on my loved ones i'm sorry I, man but the, here's the funny thing johnny right <laughs> so i posted about deshaun uh one of the players that went to you know jameson his, yeah, yeah jameson. jameson i like and i'm like yo this kid I, I, he can score in multiple ways, right? They could use him as a returner. He got a, a couple of interceptions yeah. for touchdowns, things like that. And John and then the guy was like, "Well, why was he undrafted? Because he couldn't hold on to the ball or something." You said, "Because well, he gives up the biggest plays. <laughs> he gives like, up the biggest plays. That's what he said. That's what." John and so he creates highlights for both teams. Now, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's. I, I've seen every game this kid's played since high school. That had it's to be the like, realest comment ever. Yeah. And I'm like, "Damn, John, can we pick him up first before we tear him down I'm just sorry. a little bit?" My bad. I like him. I hook him, baby. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, back to D. Winters. Before, let's wrap this conversation up on him before we get to Bill. I did I did the Oklahoma State game uh, this morning, right before we went live here. And the things that kept screaming to me, he's not a dog. He is not mean. Um, he's a hell of a player. But if he's around the pile, he's going to second guess getting involved. He's not a killer. So, like, the height, weight, speed matches Trey Greenlaw up here does not um he's he's great he's a freak athlete but in coverage man i did not see one play in coverage that i liked yet out of this guy can he learn that sure but i don't know i don't want to crown this dude just yet but the traits are there the film is there the awareness is there i love his gap feeling like his run game role i didn't see one mistake like that dude goes where he's supposed to go so that is a plus coverage going to be a little bit of a challenge i think and i want him to get like i want fred warner to do to him what he did to brandon Ayuk. i want hufunga to be like dude if you can get in there knock the shit out of somebody like physicality we bring that here so we'll see um and we'll have to see how that goes but anyway i, I love this he didn't and, have any problems doing it to my michigan uh, wolverines and and the fiesta bowl though that was that his was, best game that was his best by a mile the 49ers <laughs> drafted three players from one game i'm just gonna all play well that game they all play well that game they do that they do that they they buy high into the one game performance it was the biggest game of the year yeah. And, and I think that's kind of like who shows up under the lights. 49ers are going to probably have five games in prime time. Minimum. Oh, yeah. We're filling it up. You know uh, what I mean? They got to float those Kirk Cousin rumors somehow. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Johnny. <laughs> no. Johnny, talk to us about this speed edge guy. And again, what's his name even called it? The owner, uh, Jed York with man. Um, this what he say? This draft he is said, really speeding up, or something like that. I, I thought he said something like we, the draft is. We know we're about to go with speed on this. Like he said, we're about to like we're about to speed it up. That's what he said. Yeah. We're about to speed it up, and I'm like Keaton Mitchell, please. Like that was my that was my tweet response, and then he went a totally <laughs> different direction. Jed, Jed York, this draft, <laughs> like. 
Oh, he just needs finally getting it, faster. It, it, just it. He, he he just needs to he just needs to go onto the bad dad jokes Facebook page and just live there. Uh, that's just really what needs to happen. I mean, the, the draft is not I'm a, a time for dad jokes, by the way. and I believe it. Um, that's why all my posts keep getting taken down. Um, but no, I, I so one thing we got to remember with Beal is he has all of the measurables to be a lights out edge rusher speed edge rusher you didn't see the production necessarily match it at times at georgia and you know now granted georgia had some serious talent on that defensive line and he got passed up but at the same point if you're looking at you know we're going to go play with the with the big dogs in the nfl you need to be able to be keeping up with those guys i don't think they're looking at him as a full-time guy i think they're looking at him as a rotational guy in that arden key role in that charles omena who role um you know we signed uh blanket on the guy from the raiders we signed this year uh to be in that role they like that type okay because they like to manufacture pressure with athletic and speedy guys that they can put over a guard and they can run twists they can run stunts guys that can run down a quarterback um that i, I think that is where they envision him i, I don't necessarily think that they're going to be rotating him with drake jackson uh where he's here i think i think their plan for edge is is as we've talked about red shirt guys is for drake jackson to be the edge rusher opposite uh nick bosa this year i really do i think they believe in him i now we know he hit a rookie wall last year i think they're putting a lot on him to be that i think that's what they believe in i think everything they've done this season points to that that they're not looking at necessarily now like we could be wrong they could make a splash here and get another edge guy but i think they're looking at that drake jackson is their guy much like we were all a lot of us were sitting here last year saying guards a hole you know lakin tomlinson's gone guards a hole and we don't have something there and but they believed in aaron banks the whole time much like we're looking at right tackle and saying right tackle is something that they don't but they believe in colton mckivitz i think they believe in drake jackson the same way and that's i think uh, everything I've looked at through this off season is that that is the lens that they're taking everything is it's not about this season. It's about, can we get value if we're patient and can we get more value at the, in the draft for patient and say, we're going to have a guy for a year. He's going to develop into a specific role for us. And Beal screams that to me. He screams NASCAR package, this role, because when where the 49ers are, they don't have a lot of gaping holes. I mean, you're not going to find to me, you're not going to find an edge rusher in the fifth round that is going to be your bookend across from Nick Bosa. You know, just as, as far as a guy to do that, you to me, uh, you're looking at these are specific role player guys. That's the Bill Belichick model, right? Bill Belichick would take guys in the fourth round that nobody, some people had graded as undrafted free agents, but fit a specific job they wanted for them that they could do that job really well. And they took them to make sure that they could, they had that job. And so, you know, I, I've, I've trying to get to a place of trusting the process of trusting the, and, and being patient. It's, it's hard though, when, when you've been on, on the doorstep for as long as we have to feel like the draft should be something where you're going to get that over the hump player and we're getting the, we're going to fill a role next year player. That's hard to swallow as a fan, and that's hard to swallow as somebody who wants to see the team make another step. Uh, because especially when you look at like the Eagles and getting Jalen Carter, and you're just like, and and yeah. then they took my draft crush, Sidney Brown. Uh, I was I was sick. I was almost physically ill when when it got, I, he he could have gone anywhere else, yeah. and I would have been okay. But to see him yeah. go to the Eagles. 
made me sick. And I kept, cause I mean, Wayne, you know, this and, and John, I, I, I mentioned before, I thought he was going to go high third, high third round. And I was saying, we need to trade up to get him. Um, and I was, I'm, I'm totally fine with the Jair Brown pick. I think he's going to be a great player. And I think those two picks were related. I, I, really, I do. really, really, I really do. do. I went 66 to the Eagles. The Niners waited and then pounced up. Yeah. Be, because I, they I lost, think they had two safeties. I they think had they had two, two safeties I think the on two their board. Safeties were the Browns. And I think we hit the nail on the head with that. And when the Eagles took Sydney, they went up to go get Jair. But, but anybody else but the Eagles, freaking yeah. Eagles. You, and the him. funny thing is, you knew the Eagles were going to take a safety. Like they needed to replenish it. I just didn't think it would have been Sydney Brown. But hey, man, kudos to them, man. They crushed their draft. They have the draft capital. No kudos to them. I hate them, and I want them to no. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm with you. Now that I think about it, but I, 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 I'm a little bit different on Robert Bill Jr. Though I, I feel like I agree with everything you said as far as how they're going to utilize him. But I just feel like he'll have the most impact out of these guys on the field. Like he's going to be brought in, and he has one job: get to the quarterback. Use your speed, get around this one guy, and get to the quarterback. And I, th I just feel like he can do it. Like, and I know a lot of people were talking about like his production wasn't high at Georgia. I mean, he was like, I mean, unfortunately, they kept recruiting guys younger, better, and they came in and they just outworked them. But when in 2021, he put up really good stats at what six and a half sacks. And yeah. so last year he had two and, and a half, half tackles for loss. Yeah, seven and a half tackles for loss. So like he can get the production done. You just gotta believe in him. But his thing right now, if the 49ers just utilize him in that package that starts with an N, he's gonna probably be one of the most productive. Now we gotta get teams and get offenses into third and, and longs. That's the thing. We got the defense has to do their job in order for Robert Bill to come on the field to do his assignment. And I feel like this is gonna be a plus for them. And I think over the years, over the time, in two or three years, he might be a real good premier pass rusher in the league. And I think on top of it, one of the things that stood out for me is this dude will be on every special teams unit, number one. So when we're talking about these draft picks with a team that's loaded like the Niners roster, you have to bring special teams value or else you don't play. You can look at Jordan Mason and TDP last year. Like, if you only do one thing, you're in trouble. But a 4-4 linebacker that's 6'3", 247, um, yeah, yeah, edge linebacker, whatever you want to call him, I don't care. That dude's going to be on kickoff, kickoff return, punt team, punt coverage. He's going to be on all those things. So there's a very clear path for him. I think, to be honest with you, the easiest pathway to playing time in this entire draft, not named Jake Moody, um, I think it would be him. <laughs> Um, now, is it going to be a lot? Maybe 12 to 13 defensive plays a game tops. Like, I, I don't think he does more than that. But special teams-wise, like Jair Brown, he'll be special teams. Yeah. But I don't think he sees the field unless there's an injury to one of the safeties. Correct. Like, that dude's going to learn, and I'm excited about that. Uh, the Hufunga, you know, plan, as Johnny brought up, the red shirt uh, cycle continues. So, yeah, sorry, just one thing. One I'll thing I'm, I'm thinking about, just as I've been thinking about this pick and and what what you're saying there, uh, Wayne. You know what I could also see, and one thing I I noticed in watching the film from Steve Wilkes as a defensive coordinator is something that he'll bring, which is the ability to play in space off in coverage. And, and I, I I know that sounds crazy when you th start thinking about an edge player, but 
Wilkes really likes to do a lot of things front-wise with pressure packages to uh, to play off what the offensive does. So where, you know, sometimes we would do this with Nick Bosa, Sala would do this, where and people would hate it because he dropped into coverage, where he'd peel off with a running back if the running back leaked out in the flat. But Wilkes will do things where, you know, wherever the line slides, he's going to drop a guy away from the slide or to the slide, excuse me. Um, a lot and, of fire zone, man. That's right. Every, and, it is a lot. And, and so you, you constantly see if the line's going to slide to pick up potential extra rushers on one side, then we're going to drop somebody into coverage off that side and you get a free rusher off the other and still have all your guys in coverage. And he does allow that, you know, if they're going to drop it off, he's got the speed to go tackle he's a running back speed. out in the flat. I mean, he, he, you're talking four sub five forty. uh, you know, he's the dude can fly. And so, you know, can, is that something that they're looking at it? And then that's something that's interesting as far as just to me looking at Steve Wilkes's kind of, fingerprint on this draft as far as switching from D'Amico Ryans to Steve Wilkes. I think Daryl Luter was a, a perfect Steve Wilkes corner fit um, for that. And and so that's just, I guess, where my mind is just thinking about right now is, is that's a potential uh, thing they're looking at this season, you know, and is that something that they're saying, okay, special teams and he can bring this, this season. And then, you know, next season in this package, you know, that that's, you got my mind working there, Wayne. Hey man, awesome, this, is, man. this is why we here, bro. This is how we get we get ourselves going. You Wayne know? makes me think about things I don't want to think about all the time. This guy, he's just he's really? just got a good vision, and he asks the best questions, even if I don't want to talk about him. Uh, <laughs> he, he he pushes me past where I should go, but I freaking love it. All right, let's jump into some Q and A. Uh, the chat has been bumping. Clayton has been uh, marking these questions, and so let's jump into that now, and maybe we'll get off task just a little bit. Clayton, how we doing, man? What do we got in the chat? I'm good. I'm skipping the line today because I've waited five oh. days. I've oh. waited five days Whoa. to hear Mr. Wayne Breezy wax poetic about Jake Moody, and we totally buried the lead. Oh. Wayne, please go crazy. Talk can about Jake Moody. He kick it. Yes, he can. Yeah. It doesn't matter from where it is on the field. We're talking 59-yard-plus and the biggest game of his career. Michigan did lose that game, but it wasn't because of the kicker. It was because the defense couldn't stop Max Duggan. Like, that's kind of like what it was. He just kept running. But anyway, this dude can kick the ball, and he's highly accurate. And I know you don't want your kicker kicking 60-yard field goals in a game. You know, you're hoping they're in the 30, the 40 range plus. Uh, he's really accurate in that area. He can kick it from plus 50. Uh, I think he's about like a, a 40 or 38 or 40 percent uh, kicker from plus 50 if I'm not mistaken I don't have those numbers off the top of my head but listen he can kick it and so the one thing that I love about Jake and what you're going to get from Jake is you're getting a football player and I know a lot of people were like well kickers aren't football players now this guy is a football player he will tackle you too so like like you gotta you don't want him to but he will like if he has to we saw robbie gold do it he hasn't been the same ever since um but no with jake moody man you guys are gonna like the 49ers will have a kicker and i don't know the kicking trajectory as far as how kickers are re-signed or re-upped after their contracts but if this, I, I remember Goskowski was one. Uh, uh, I'm sure they re-upped uh, the kid from uh, Justin Tucker 850 billion times. This is a guy that can follow that type of trajectory. The 49ers jumped up. They got the best kicker in the draft. I know a lot of people. I didn't see it coming at 99, and and but I know a lot of people don't like it. But I think when you go after and you get a, a player that's going to score the most points for your team, 
I, I think that's how I'm looking at it. And I'm saying to myself, okay, it kind of makes sense. I don't want Zane Gonzalez kicking. He was a free kicker we got from Carolina. I'd rather have this kid come in and compete. Now, the interesting thing with Jake, if you go back to his collegiate career, this kid walked on and beat out a recruit. I, I just I just want you to understand, like, that's his mindset. And so, like, that's a dog mentality. That's a killer mentality. We're bringing that to the special teams. So Brian uh, Schneider just got better on the special teams because now he has a kicker he can rely on plus 50. He's young and you can, you can get, you can get some good long leg and tear out of this kid, man. I think it's a really good pick for the 49ers. And he's got three tackles. He's got three. I told you he could could tackle. I kept saying that he could tackle. That's that's my point. It's like, you don't want him to because then you're asked out of a kicker in the NFL. But he's not afraid. That's a dog. My favorite thing about him, this is my favorite thing, is the touchbacks. Number one. He's kicking our, him into the end zone. He, he's close to a 65% touchback rate, which is incredible. I hope that goes up to like 75%. That is huge for the defense. It just keeps so many more players fresh. That's the thing, right? And a big reason. I know everybody you know, wants to talk about Robbie Gold. Why doesn't he want to come back? Why doesn't he want to come back? Because the dude is old and small and has to tackle because Mitch Wisnowski cannot handle kickoffs, which that's that's the reason why. I'm telling you right now. like The reason why he didn't want to come back, he did not want to do kickoffs. He doesn't want to do it. Now he doesn't, and he has not been signed anywhere. Um, Joey says he's going to switch to a nose tackle. <laughs> We do have the two most physical kickers in the NFL, besides Joey Mitch Swole. Too. But Mitch, Mitch, Mitch lost a lot of weight, though, so I'm kind of scared. He's not as brolic as he was when he first came into the league. You remember when he got that uh, Hell yeah. personal foul oh. that first year we had <laughs> never him? never Went down Wasn't and just helmet to helmet, laid that dude out, and it was just like, yes. Uh, they told him, you ever do that again, we're going to find you. Like, right. Don't do that anymore. right. And then um, he just lost like 30 pounds and was just like, hey, I'm not going to do it. But here's here's the funniest thing, right? So I was live when they drafted it, when they drafted Jake Moody, and I had to keep all my emotion <laughs> I kind of kept it inside because I know no one. <laughs> 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 Would you have like, felt the same way if we took Chad Ryland out of Maryland? Yes, because I kept saying on the live, there's two kickers. It's got to be well, Jake or it's got to be Chad. Those were the only two kickers I would have drafted. Possibly I would have went later and drafted the kid out of North Carolina State. I did but not do are, this much kicker research. Those the only. I don't know why I did it. I knew we were drafting the kicker, so I had to do my you research. You know your stuff, man. I love it. Clayton, you're the absolute best, man. That's yeah, hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to some more of these questions. Let's play around. That was awesome. Um, yeah. So here we go. From Improvant, I think I said that incorrectly. Is there anyone drafted that will put pressure on any of these starters? Let's start with Johnny. If you had to guess one of these draft picks that could start the earliest, I got who mine. stands out to you? I think it's Jair Brown. Uh, I think he's the guy that I think could be a potential starter first. Just, uh, you know, Tayshawn Gibson had a phenomenal season last year. I think there's potential for more upside there. I think uh, where he's at in his career, you know, the guy was contemplating retiring. So, you know, is he going to stand up for another full season? Is he going to repeat of, you know, maybe the best season of his career. I don't, I don't know. Um, and one thing I like about Jair Brown kids got ball skills and what we know 
that dropped interceptions matter. Uh, so, you know, he's got ball skills. I, I think he's, he's the most NFL ready of the guys that are coming in as far as well-rounded uh, that we've picked. So, um, you know, I think he's the guy that has the best chance and, and he, I think he's going to push Tayshawn Gibson. I, I, I think that's what will happen. My thing is if Tayshawn held off Jimmy Ward, I don't see Jair step up and taking that. What do you think, Wayne? See, it's 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 weird because I don't know if Tayshawn held up and against Jimmy Ward. I think Kyle wanted the best players on the field and he wanted both of them there. And so Ward, you can play this. And so I know you want to play here, but I need you here. So if you don't want to play here, you just won't play. I think it was one of those kind of like chess moves or whatever type of moves where just to get him in there. One of them psychology type of moves, you know? I think he wanted both of them on the field because he knew if they both got it, it would give our defense more opportunities to create turnovers. And I think that's kind of like how it went. This is not a shot at Tashawn Gibson because Tashawn Gibson, in my opinion, played all pro safety football he had a couple of bloopers last year, but I mean, he led the team in interceptions. So let that sink in. I just will let that sink in. And then he, and he dropped too. He One dropped of my too. favorite things about the transition, which I do think that Kyle Shanahan or the front office continued to kind of evolve, which I like. Going to ball skills at the secondary positions, huge. I freaking love that. Turnovers. They just change it all. Sorry, I'm getting choked up over here. My voice is still not recovered from the draft weekend. So, Wayne, you take this next question. I got to take a quick drink. <laughs> I always get the Sean questions. I love my brother Sean. <laughs> it doesn't matter what show I'm on. Wayne gets the Sean questions. I got to pull out my my Encyclopedia Britannica and my dictionary and thesaurus when I read his questions. Man, what's up with that intro tile? Looks like a sub-teacher <laughs> meets public access TV created it. Come on, man. Patriots, we're going to take them. Why the freak out? We got the best one. No good free agent kickers. He's talking about getting Jake Moody. Uh, he must be talking about the thumbnail. I think oh, I yeah. And I messaged all three of these. I messaged everybody. I said, dude, this thumbnail sucks, but it's the best I could go with. I, I, I'm not good at graphic design at all. I'm not good at it. I told all of you. I told you. The thumbnail sucks. I'm not good at this, but this is you what did, I'm he's not lying. With. He's not lying. He, he, he did. did. He did tell us that, but we're just I, like, I, we're going to go with that it. stuff, but I don't want to do clickbait stuff and I can't do all the cool stuff. And so it's what it is. It's, yeah. it's what we got, but uh, thank you, Sean. I appreciate you. I will step my game up. Oh, oh man. That's well, people rough. don't realize how much time it takes to create thumbnails. Like I'm, I'm doing it. And I just, I just be like, man, because you want it to be perfect. It has to be a certain way. You don't want to copy everybody else. I wanted time. everybody's name. That was the thing. I'm not good at clickbait anything. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm so, I eat vanilla ice cream whenever I go get ice cream. Like, it's just who I am. You're just who you it, are. It's, it's what it is. So, like, I wanted everybody's name, and I had, like, pictures and graphics, and it was too crowded. I was like, no. If they want to watch us, they want to watch us because of Wayne and Johnny. So, I'm putting their names on there, and consequences be damned. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get better. I'll get better. That's funny. sorry about that. All right, next question. This goes to Johnny Collin. What's up, man? From across the pond, who takes the mic role if <clears throat> Warner had an injury? That was disease. Very good. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. Drake Greenlaw just plays the will. That's it. That's it. That's Aziz it. would play the Sam and Mike, and 
Warner plays the mic, except in passing situations he plays. We have a very complex linebacker situation. But, Johnny, in your opinion, what's that depth chart look like? I think Burks is the guy right behind him. Um, you know, that that makes most sense. Like you said, Dre Greenlaw plays the will. And that's why I was really interested with D Winters as that pick and possibly being a Dre Greenlaw replacement is because he's he's a very much slated much more as a will linebacker than anything else. And so, you know, I think that's two wills there. I think Burks and then Flanagan Fowles are going to be, it's going to be Warner, Burks, and then Flanagan Fowles is going to be your Mike uh, depth chart. I like that. I, I agree Perfect. with that. Uh, and and Burks is Burks will do just fine uh, as the Mike. I, I I don't think he would we would slack off. I mean, you'll lose some playmaking capability from Fred Warner because his play recognition is on Madden 100. But uh, if if that happened, Burks would be just he would do just fine. I like it. Look at this question, Doggo dude. He says, "Did Wilkes draft Isaiah Simmons in Arizona? They just declared they are not picking up his fifth year option." Um, if we go back to 2020, um, that was Vance Joseph was the DC. That was Kingsbury. So it was right after Wilkes. Um, it was right after Wilkes. So yeah, I'm sure they did work on them as they would every single player being drafted. But what are your thoughts? They're not picking up his fifth year option. Uh, the Kittle Buster, I think, is what he was uh, tagged as. Somebody that was going to come in and stop George Kittle. Let, let's go, Wayne. Is this somebody that you'd be interested in? I mean, it, it depends. Like, I mean, the kid still has the speed. He has the talent to play linebacker safety. It's kind of like the roles that we go after when we draft these guys. You got Jalen Graham that we drafted in this draft who can play linebacker kind of like a safety type role, but he doesn't have that Isaiah Simmons type of speed. Um, but he'll be a free agent next year, and the 49ers will do their due diligence in signing one key free agent, and it's going to come down to which – piece we need the most <laughs> and so it probably won't be a linebacker they'll pass on him uh you know and things like that but i mean it would be cool to have his speed he would fit the 49ers very well yeah he's that warner size height weight side speeds whatever but i don't know i don't i don't think they'll pay for that out of pocket uh, like I, like you said like they'll keep going cheap there at that position but but we'll see all right what do we got next clayton um, why did Braden Willis drop so far, Johnny? You're a Cameron Latu guy. I had him one pick below. Like, I had him back-to-back -back in my rankings. Tell us what we need to know about Braden Willis. You know, it's hard. This one's, this is, well, well, because everything I think of, I know you're going to turn around and say, yeah, but you can say that about Cameron Latu. I didn't. I never <laughs> even had that thought in my mind. You just put, um, you accepted me. You just accepted me. I did. I did. <laughs> um, you know, he does. He does a lot of things okay. He doesn't do a lot of things really well. Um, doesn't jump off the charts in a lot of ways. To me, I, I was. It, if Braden Willis to me looked more like an inline tight end, I don't think that that's something that uh, we were looking for. As far as I, I don't think he can be the kind of positionless guy that I really think they're looking at with Cameron Latu. I really think they're going to be looking at him in that multiplayer hybrid role i think that's something that that they want and that they've gone and Braden willis is a very prototypical tight end um you know you look at the guys that the, they really like they like a brand and you could debo samuel christian mccaffrey george kittle these are uh kyle Yuschek. these are hybrid kind of role guys they're they're none of them really fit that prototypical this you know offensive uh player and and that's where i think uh at least for us it, it slipped a little bit 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. Wayne, agree, disagree? I don't know. I, I feel like Braden Willis has more upside than what what we've seen. I, I feel like, I mean, this is a guy that can line up in the backfield, like how Ross Dwelly had to fill in. He can do that. Uh, he can be your fullback. Uh, you got him as an inline guy. I got him as an inline guy too, but the, his ability to get open is phenomenal. Like, I mean, this guy finds a way to fit and sit in a zone, and then he's going to get you yak. Both Cameron tight ends L- do that. Both tight ends kill zone. Both right. of them did. That's but, the but, one but, theme. But Cameron Latu is not getting you the yak. And so, like, what you got two tight ends, it's kind of like pick your poison defenses. I just feel like they went two tight ends because they're going to be replacing Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly. That's how I'm looking at it. At the expense, as Kittle gets older, he'll be schooling these two. So basically, there's a tight end you in San Francisco. That, that's right. how I'm looking at it. And Wayne, I like you have that. to read this comment. I can't read this comment. You have to. <laughs> the cipher. <laughs> Dang it, Breezy. You compress a book into 150 letters or less. Letters or less battle auto spelling, hoping you don't miss it. It makes sense to me for sure. It does. They don't call me stupid for not. Well, nobody's calling you stupid. And Sean, you are the man. Yeah, but you, the way you write is for you to understand. So you literally need to read it. Why don't you just, you want to, why don't you record the damn super chat and so you can say it to us and then we'll be like, okay. But when we gotta read it, we don't have the same inflections and and things like that. That's that's hard. It's harder. It's there we go. I Appreciate love it, Sean. You, Sean. You're I the best, you, Sean. <clears throat> Sean Ferris. He says, John, we all know injuries have our biggest obstacle. Have been at this point. What position group is the most vulnerable to injury? I'm gonna say right off the bat, Edge. I'm concerned about Edge. You got Nick Bosa and a bunch of guys. Um, now I think Drake Jackson's awesome, but there's question marks there. Um, I mean, if, if an injury did happen to Bosa, I think you'd have to move Armstead back out. You'd have to probably go spend. And one of the things I'll say, I'm not really big on spending all of our cap money. John Lynch alluded to this. Doesn't mean they're going to add anybody. It's because there's going to be an injury and whether you're going to trade for somebody like a CMC or whatever, you need to have that cap space. So, I'm not one of the guys that's dead set on going and paying a top-tier edge guy right now like Yannick Ngakwe, whatever. It would be cool if they did, but part of me says keep that in the back pocket just in case of emergency. Johnny, uh, what what are your thoughts? What's our most shallow position? I think you nailed it on the head. Um, <clears throat> that's one that if if you get in, an injury there, man, it's it's like I said, there's, there's a list of guys. Um, nobody that... that it would be one thing if we we're a team that was just looking to compete, but you're looking as, as a team that has Super Bowl aspirations and uh, you need you need a little little more depth there. I'm hoping that one of these guys really ascends. Maybe Beal is the guy that Wayne hopes he can be this season. Yeah, and, Cru- and Chris Kucerich we trust. That's kind of where it's at right now. And I do trust him. He's going to have to do his best job there is uh, yet to date. So I, I'm pumped about that. Now, this has been unbelievable. Johnny Wayne, you are the best. Uh, this has been a fun talk. Uh, I think we need to start doing this a little bit more often, man. This this was a good show. I, I really learned it. Sorry we went a little long. I don't think anybody's too upset about that, but not at all. Um, let's go, Johnny. First, closing thoughts, man. Make me. I'm somebody that hated this draft. Okay, let's just play that story real quick. Sentence or two. Make me feel better about this draft. It caused Rich Eisen to take over the NFL Network coverage when they kicked 
picked a kicker in the third round. Yes, that was worth the price of admission. Uh, but trust the process. Trust the process and be patient. It's not about this season. Trust the process. These damn Michigan people everywhere. Speaking of, Wade, you take us out, man. Close out the show. You're the absolute best. Johnny, thank you so much. Wade, thank you. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, here we go. All right, man. Till next Tuesday. Stay strong, faithful. We out. Peace. Oh, I freaking love it. I, I didn't have it pulled up. I didn't have the thing. Sorry about that. He Peace, told guys. me to close it out. <laughs> I did. I didn't I have it ready. I closed it out. I didn't we, have it ready. You were looking for a soliloquy or something, which you thought I was going to say, oh, well, you know. <laughs> You know, I think the 49ers nailed the draft. No, John, seriously, this draft, we just have to be patient. Like Johnny Dell said, man, that that's what it's going to come down to. The team is already built for 2023, and what they drafted and who they drafted for is going to be for 2024. So we just got to sit there and be patient. We're going to sprinkle in some 2023 draft picks, but I think this offense is going to click a lot better. It doesn't matter who's going to be at quarterback. Uh, I think the offense is going to do its due diligence. We got a lot of we got some new running backs. We're going to try to enter into the cipher, see if they can make this roster. It's going to be really interesting. Camp battles are going to be cream of the crop. I can't wait. But until then, stay strong, faithful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old. Soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters. Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.